Hey everyone, I'm Jason Rosewell and this is Flightcast, the Infinite Flight Podcast. Infinite Flight is a mobile flight simulator that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Today, we continue our developer series with part two. To do that, I have once again joining me from Silicon Valley in California via Skype, Matt Lebon and Philippe Roland. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here. Last time you guys were on the show, we heard all about the release of the A320 series. And uh, now that you've had some time to process all of that, how happy are you with that airplane and how do you think it's been received so far? Um, I think I'm going to take this one. Uh, So the A320 was actually one of our most successful uh, aircraft. Uh, Like you said, I mean, it, it took us a long time to... To create uh, the re- the reason for that is like we we updated and changed the, our process to create aircrafts to make it more realistic. Um, the A320 uh, has like m- way more detailed uh, um, cockpit, a um, lot more realistic maps in general. Uh, so it all contributed to the time it took to for us to release it. But in the end, we're really happy with the results. Uh, from now now on, most aircrafts will be. I mean, all aircraft that we create will be this quality, uh, at least, uh, because we are every every new aircraft we try to improve uh, as as we go. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it it was it was really good. I mean, maybe Matt, Matt you can uh, you can detail like the how how the um, the physics of it was received and. I mean, it's been pretty okay. I think the. Uh... So far, the feedback we've got from uh, pilots and people was was pretty uh, pretty uh, okay. I mean, they, they were saying that you know, and I worked hard on this one to make sure that all the parameters were uh, were on point, so that when you're on final, you got the exact speed, exact attitude, exact everything. Uh, so we're as close as we could ever be, uh, and with what we've got now, at least. Mm. I like uh, being able to, like you say, being on final and having the exact attitude and stuff. It's easy, I find, with this airplane to be coming in uh, maybe on autopilot on your approach. And then um, when you're on final, taking, I like to just hit the autopilot button. So all of the autopilot functions are off. And being at that point where really nothing changes, you know, the attitude doesn't change. Um, You're just... I don't know, it's easy to set the parameters so that you're set up for a really, really nice approach and then you can fly it in manually. Yeah, that's something that uh, the first generations of playing from like two, three years ago, they didn't really have that. They were balanced a little differently uh, and most of the time the the trim had to be set far back or far forward depending on what the plane was. Um, So they're they're a lot more stable. I figured out a way to make this better so they're, they're a lot more stable. Yeah, well, you've done it. Nice job. Um, so, and in terms of the public uh, reception, um, how's that? How's that gone compared to other ones? I mean, obviously the 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 quality is better. I would assume that the reception has been better as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, people have been happy with deliveries. We haven't had many. Oh, you missed that one because with you know three, four planes in total, uh, we've covered a lot of countries, a lot of regions, and. Um, it's been pretty good. Plus, plus, you know, we've brought the new, uh, as Philip was saying, the new rendering uh, system, and this plane takes advantage of of all of it because the the older plane we just have some generic way to render the planes uh, to make them look better, but this one has has um, 
uh, an extra map or a couple extra maps that we add on top of the, the, the base map to have different reflection based on the type of material. So you can see, for example, that uh, the engine uh, intakes, you know, the, the, the circle, like the metallic circle that's in front of the engine, this one does not shine the same way as the rest of the plane right. because it's brushed. Uh, you can see the reflection is, is totally different. Same thing so between that's... the tires, the tires, um, the rubber of the tires that should not reflect uh, as much as, as the metal of the, the rest of the plane. Uh, there's a lot of things like this. It's not, I mean, to, to be clear here, uh, it's not something that will be uh, as visible on, on very low-end devices, but it's, it scales really well. Like if you're on a high-end device and you set all your the quality settings to high, I mean, it makes a, a big difference. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot, like, we cannot have this kind of quality on very low-end device. So it's, it's really, um, you really have to have a, a performing device to, to have the, this level of quality. And that's that's something you can tell if you just go to um, IFFG and take a look at some of the screenshots people are taking. They're awesome. And you guys actually used, I mentioned this in my um, episode with Jay a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, uh, Jay Rex uh, Solis, he had um, a, someone on IFFG took a picture. You guys actually used it as your loading screen for a little while. That photo was amazing. Just the quality of that airplane. It looked real. Yeah. Um, you know, and speaking of libraries, guys, you, you do have one of your in-game mods, um, Mark is still waiting on his Northwest library. Well, I, I, you mean for the A320 series? <laughs> you know what? A320, uh, any, any airplane in the game. I'm sure. Yeah, he, he, he was trying to have me do one for the, the Dash 8, but, uh, um, problem is we don't, they don't operate a... Q400, so it's not going to happen. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mark is, Mark is going to burst into tears when he <laughs> listens to this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you may, maybe for the, we'll do one for the, we can redo one for the, uh, the Airbus uh, 320 series, maybe. Oh, well, okay. Mark, you can still, you can keep holding your breath. Um, <laughs> so since you just mentioned the, Dash eight. Let's just jump right in, and we'll talk about the huge elephant in the room. Everything, everybody's waiting to hear this one. Um, Matt, you've been pretty aggressively posting photos on Instagram in the last couple of days, um, which were at first subtle, you know, something from a distance. Now they're not so subtle at all. <laughs> so the much-awaited uh, Bombardier Dash eight is making its way to Infinite Flight. Um, can you tell us about this? Uh, to me, very exciting and great addition uh, to the Infinite Flight fleet and uh, the process that uh, kind of led you to add add it. Um, all right, so the reason why we added it is, of course, because there's been a lot of demand for it, and we've obviously been missing a, a twin turbo prop for a long time. It's actually the first one uh, we're having now, uh, and there's this one reason why this got delayed a little bit was because we didn't have any sounds for it. Uh, and we didn't want to reuse the same sounds for the 208 uh, because those are not as good as they could be. Uh, and um, and so uh, Jarno was, I think he started in September to work on that model. So, and he's still not, and we're still doing the final touches. So it takes a lot of time to do this. So since people ask for it, we're, we're, we're gonna have it. And, and in the request, people were specific, they wanted to do Q400. 
Um, and it's, it's not, I mean, we're probably just going to have the Q400 for now, at least, uh, mainly because the, the cockpit is so different uh, for the, the other ones. They're not like modern glass cockpits, so uh, it takes a lot of time for John to, even if the cockpit layout or the cockpit model is roughly the same, doing all these instruments takes a lot of time. Right. Uh, so it's just going to be the Q400 for now. But although I like the I like the shorter version. I like every shorter versions of the uh, the airplanes that we have, like the A3, uh, uh, 18, 18, and the 737, uh, seven. I think it looks better than the nine, and so we might have it later. At least we have the model. Everything's in place, so it's easy for us to just like later down, you know, the life of infinite flights. So like, oh, can you do this model real quick? It's going to be you know pretty pretty easy to do. Uh, it's just like there's there's more pressing things to do, especially because users have requested the Q400. Right. And if you guys were to do other models of the Dash 8, you'd almost need new sounds um, because the the Q400 is so much quieter um, than, I mean, even in the cockpit. The Q, you don't have to, you know, you see pilots on YouTube wearing um, big kind of those headphones that are noise canceling because it's so loud in that in those things and the q400 is just another story altogether it's more like sitting in the in the cockpit of a jet or so i've heard so, okay well we're not at this point right now I mean, it's if we were to do the, the the other versions it's probably going to be using the same sounds because you know it takes a lot of resources and it's it's even if it's like a significant thing for pilot we're just still a simulation and there's and s sounds is is something that is very um also uh, subjective like it's 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 hard to because if you look at videos uh, most people out there probably did not fly uh, a q400 and or were in the cockpit like during during a flight yep. uh, so they have they see a video and and they they're gonna they're gonna uh, they're gonna listen to it in infinite flight and say oh this is not like in the video and the the problem is the video okay what kind of microphone did they use right. uh, I mean it's it's hard and that, that's that's a that's a problem that most uh, when we were working with a sound designer before like that's a, that's a big problem that you have when you try to design sounds for 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 things like aircrafts. Um, so yeah, it's so, it's a complex uh, thing to do. So what what is the process for um, obtaining sounds for the? Do you have somebody who's specifically going and re recording these sounds for you, or are you buying packages? Or and maybe this is something that you can't disclose. But I'm just wondering. This there's a lot of there must be a lot. I mean, you've got sounds 360 degrees around the airplane. Um, how does that work? Well, we did um, for for the. Um, for the 172, we did the recording with a, we had a sound designer that helped us helped us with that, um, and then all the tweaking like he did a bunch of tweaking, and then Matt also did a, a lot of tweaking to um, to make it even even more realistic because the sound designer was he was a good sound guy but not a pilot, so he you know doesn't probably doesn't know also like how how a plane sound like when you when you fly inside of it. Um, but uh, some of it is stuff that we got from from other uh, uh, like people who sell sound, like for for uh, for um, flight simulator plugins and stuff like that. Okay. So we we got their sounds at a, at a not at the price that you get it in you know in a flight simulator plugin. Uh, those cost a lot more money if you want to have the original sounds. Right. Um, and like some some other sounds that we, we we can find on the internet. I mean, and then you have to we mix it together and 
Matt creates like a, a three three sixty um, version of it, so it sounds like a little bit different behind than in the front or on the sides. Okay. Um, and then Matt, for the what was the starting point for the design uh, on the Dash Eight? Did you start with an existing flight model and tweak it, or is this something that you started from scratch with again? So right now we have enough um, models. I mean, different variety of of models that I can go from one. So this one I started with the A three eighteen because it seemed like the closest one in terms of weight and. Uh, so I started with this one, moved a bunch of weights around, uh, and uh, adjusted the positions of the wing, um, the area, all the stuff that I can adjust. Uh, the only problem that I have with um, the dash shape right now is something that I'm waiting on some data from our uh, pilots on the field um, is the, uh, the the thrust of the engine. It's not as uh, they don't. They don't um, give you the thrust as they as they do for the uh, jet engines. Uh, they give you like the torque or something, and it's not as easy to transform transform that into uh, thrust in pounds or kilograms or whatever that I use in the ga- in the game. Oh, so you're um, making different. You have to make different calculations for thrust then, as well. Well, it's the same. Well, the thing is, what I'm waiting on is a bunch of. Uh, well, typically I have a, a little questionnaire that I send uh, pilots who are interested in, and it contains a bunch of key points like, uh, so give me the plane at a certain weight, uh, a, a, a level flight, this altitude, this temperature, uh, this um, flap configuration, tell me what thrust you're selecting, like what's the, what's the percentage of power that you're applying to maintain what speed and what's the attitude. And once I have multiple versions of this this uh this config like multiple configurations uh then i can definitely adjust drag and thrust if it's not correct um but i need i need these these data points and i can't really just rely on on computing all this stuff uh on the fly because there's always things that don't really match uh and since like it's a simulation so you have to cut corners at some point um, so I, there's there's still parts of the the flight model that I have to adjust uh, on the airplane, especially the drag part, which is chaotic. So it's difficult to just compute that. Right, uh, and this optimally. and this airplane is quite different in terms of even the the way it's shaped and the way it looks and everything. And so I'm assuming yeah. the drag would be quite different. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I, I need to get uh, into get in touch with someone who can hook me up. Uh, to uh <laughs> to fly in one so I, you know i actually might be able to help you with that so let's chat after okay sure um thanks okay so at the end of our last chat guys we said that we would talk a little bit more about flight physics so we we wanted to get into a little bit more of the maybe the nerdy side of it uh, or should i say the geeky side of it um which most people who are listening to a, a podcast about a flight simulator they've got that part covered anyway so <laughs> hopefully everybody will find this interesting but um, as much as you think is relevant, um, can one of you explain what goes into the development of an aircraft and how it relates to the external physics? So first, you've got to start with those physics first, right? I mean, you've you've got to, um, well, I'll just let you, um, instead of asking theoretical questions, I'll just let you start. Okay, so I guess I'll take this one. Um, so the way the the way we simulate the airplane right now is with um, 
we have a physics engine that's a third party, uh, and what this physics engine provides is um, a way for you to set uh, the basic, the rough, uh, the raw, rough outline of a near plane, like with boxes and 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 weights, de depending on where the, the how much the wing weighs, uh, how much the engines weigh, and all that stuff. And we put wheels on, you know, below that we attach wheels to this structure that that looks like the outline of an airplane, um, and that's all the engine does. The engine just has the plane sitting on the ground. And, and the way we simulate this is we add virtual wings on it. And then, so we say where the wings start, where they end, how much is their length, the, 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 the area, what's the, what's the, we have different lift curves throughout the whole span of the wing, uh, because you know, the, you've seen a wing, it's very thick, uh, near the fuselage and it becomes a little, uh, a lot thinner uh, towards the end of the wing. Mm -hmm. um, so we simulate that with different lift curves <clears throat> That we compute from various sources, uh, and we can we have a a little uh, tool inside the app when when in developer mode when we launch the application with an airplane it shows you a little window uh, where you can adjust uh, the lift curves the area a bunch of other things to drag uh, we have to drag the flaps uh, all that stuff. Um, and once we have all this information, every for every step of the simulation, what happens is we we ask the physics engine, what's the what's the uh, how is the plane moving? Uh, so we get vectors, uh, and with these vectors we compute uh, the angle of attack uh, for multiple sections of the wing. Or we sample multiple points on the wing, um, and after that we compute uh, the lift, uh, the drag, uh, and we tell the physics engine at this point on this model there's a lift of this much a drag of this much uh, and hopefully when you have a little force forward for where, for where the engine is if you keep applying this force at some point you're going to have enough uh, wind velocity or velocity over the, the wing to create enough lift so that the plane goes up um, so this the the funny thing is I I the, maybe I mentioned that last time I forgot but the, the way I got started with this like back in 2004 was I was playing this little uh, car game and after a while I I, uh, I would just like drive the car around with a physics there was a physics engine uh, sample and I would flip the car over like drive over things and flip the car over and then I always every time I had to restart the app to to start again to to play again. So what I did is I added a little force on the side of the, the car that would flip it back on its wheels. And I realized like, what if I put more forces and what if I make those forces adjust with the angle of attack and, and uh, velocity that would make the car fly. Uh, and this is what happened. This is, this is how the physics engine uh, for infinite flight was, was started. So basically this is what happens. You know, it's, it's a continuous loop of figuring out what the angle of attack is, the velocity, of each, each point on the wing and then computing all those forces and getting them back to the physics engine, asking the physics engine to advance the simulation one time step and then doing it over again. At, at 30, 30, times a se 30 to 60 yeah. times a second. Yeah. And then when you're factoring in things like turbulence, is that just um, kind of spiking some of those numbers? Uh, so the turbulence, the way it's done now, uh, it's um, for... It's, I don't know if it's the optimal way, it's the way I found just randomly 
we have this um, this system that has uh, where you can sample a point uh, in our our world and say what's the wind velocity and direction at this particular point, and it's going to give you a vector that I'm going to uh, subtract or add to the current velocity. So, for example, if you're flying towards the wind, you're going to get a vector that's flying, you know, uh, in your face, basically. Right. Okay. So the wind, so the 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 wind velocity that's going to be used to compute that uh, the lift on that point is going to be the one, the, the forward plus the wind in your face. And and if that uh, if there's a turbulence on that particular region, uh, and that's computed with like a, a noise system, where you know depending on some factors, there's there's the turbulence are uh, shorter, longer. Um, if there's for for example one wing. Uh, is sampling an area that has lots of there was a wind that has high velocity, then that wing is going to go up, uh, and the, the other one's going to go just stay the same or go down depending on what turbulence it's encountering. Mm. So you're flying inside a, a a field of vectors, and that's 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 what's impacting your plane. So there's lots of ones and zeros going on behind the scenes when you're flying. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to add to the flight physics chat before we move on? Um, I think uh, I mean a lot of people. It, a lot of people ask for uh, for crash, uh, crash physics. Um, oh man, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is something we can. I mean, we, the the reason why we we not we're not doing it is because we're trying not to, you know, to have big airliners with their logo on it to crash. Um, right. That's 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 something that we we try to avoid, but. Uh, it doesn't mean like, we will tr we'll, we'll not try to do something a little bit more realistic uh, at some point. But this is yeah, this is not the our, our first goal as a you know, as a flight simulator. Okay. Well, with physics, maybe just to put a, a cap on this chat, do you do you see anything like um, oh uh, wind shears or um, you know things like humidity playing a factor at some point in the future? Oh, we 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 simulate humidity already. I mean, it's it's. Uh... At a fixed uh, value right now. Okay. But we simulate uh, um, uh, pressure, uh, humidity, a bunch of different, um, but like all the parameters of the atmosphere we support. Which is why if you go to um, if you go to uh, Big Bear in Southern California and you take off in a one seventy two at forty degrees Celsius, it's not going to go up. Right. <laughs> uh, because yeah. we simulate all that stuff and. The thing is, uh, when I was doing all the the, the testing for this, uh, changing the humidity impacts lift a little bit, but it doesn't make much difference. It's more the temperature that's that's the, the biggest impact. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, guys, of course, everybody wants to know what's next. That's the biggest question that we get when we ask for uh, fan questions for these. Um, what's coming next? What's coming next? So, I I want to ask. Flightcast is asking you guys. Um, for an exclusive sneak peek, can you give us anything? What's what's on the horizon for Infinite Flight? Um, so, I mean, probably not not things that that, that people want first, but uh, there's a few things, a few elements that we need to uh, that we needed to to improve. Uh, there's one thing that we wanted to to have is a like a better a better website um, already, like a better landing page for 
Infinite Flight. Uh, obviously, it's not just a, it's just not a, a pretty web page. It, it will will have a way for uh, live users to log in and check their stats, um, renew their their uh, live subscription if they if they want to. Uh, so it's it's a uh, it's going to be a uh, it's probably going to be ready pretty soon. Um, we were just uh, we just wanted to have a, a better a better front facing. Uh, yeah, from facing website for for anybody that are interested into infant flight. Nice. Um, the other thing uh, that um, Matt uh, hinted at with his uh, Instagram pictures is we changed the uh, UI a little bit. Um, I mean, it, it will look it looks quite different. Uh, we changed a little bit the the colors and all that, but it's not it's not it's not just to for the sake of changing it. It's really because we uh, we wanted to make. Um, to make it easier to, especially for live users, um, to see where the activity is uh, right away. Like you, you come in and you can see, oh, there's that many people here in this region. With uh, you know the the in this airport, there's a, a couple controllers, uh, so you know you if you go there, uh, you're gonna have you know you you're gonna have activity and you don't have to to search for it. Um, so that's that's something that we're trying to. Um, that we try to improve with this new uh, UUI. Uh, some people might have seen uh, there's a there's an activity map uh, in that UI. Um, it's actually uh, uh, an interactive map where you can you can see it's, it's a you, you don't see everybody like flying in there, but you you can see like where the activity happens. So it's a uh, it gives you a sense of of yeah where where to go fly if you if you want to be with uh, with other people. Um, for the uh, the solo flight, I mean, it's it's just it will it will, it will won't be very different for them, um, but it's it's um, it's a lot easier to use and um, yeah. So that's that's what's coming pretty soon, probably the next the next release along with the um, uh, with the dash eight. Okay, now I have There's to ask you guys. Oh, go one, ahead, Matt. One uh, one couple couple things that we're adding also is um, uh, in the whole like. Uh, live thing uh, that we want to promote a little more. Uh, events are not going to be so. We're not on the main page. We're we're going to pull uh, uh, all the events that are posted on community.infiniteflight.com in the event slash live section. Um, so we're going to pull all these events and show them uh, in a way that you can clearly see, uh, you know, what's happening and when it is, uh, what region, what airports. And you can also, uh, we added a little uh, icon so you can uh, add the events to your calendar. Uh, so the good part about this is, you know, I've, I've, I've seen and I've personally missed a bunch of events uh, just because I knew they were happening and, and I just didn't have my phone remind me that this was happening. So now I just, it's just one click away, just click, it adds to your calendar uh, and then you'll be reminded like an hour before um, that you have to join, uh, well, if you want to. And uh, last thing we added is um, clarification on the grade stuff because there's been a lot of questions about what's going on when they can't join with their grade two, grade three, whatever, uh, and, and about like what's what are the requirements to get you know a grade three, four, five, whatever. Uh, so now when you're gonna have when you're gonna go to your user account page, you can click on your grade and it's gonna tell you uh, what grade you are and what you're missing to go to the next one. Uh, so kind of a summary of how many violations you've had, uh, how many flights you've done, 
Um, so it's going to be much clearer now uh, why you can or can't join uh, a server. Mm, awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you guys a question. One thing that neither of you guys have mentioned is, and it doesn't look like anyone's actually commented on this, Matt, and I don't know if this was on purpose by you or not, but in, uh, it looks like yesterday you posted an Instagram photo and it's got uh, your tablet with ForeFlight loaded up on it. And I noticed something, actually Joe noticed this before I did, um, that your flight plan in ForeFlight has something very interesting about it. Would you like to tell oh. us about that? Uh, it's probably because I was planning a flight in real life. <laughs> that's that's it. No, there's no. Oh, there's no there's no other secret behind no, it than that. No other secret is it's uh, it's a flight that I've done uh, a few months ago, and, and yeah, that's it. There's no no secret. I thought it. I was onto something there. No, I, I know people, you know, are always looking for clues and hints <laughs> but this one wasn't i thought i had you <laughs> it's so great to be able to track flights live and find places to open frequencies where the traffic is in infinite flight cam is here to tell us a bit more about live flight i think you pretty much nailed it jason awesome but there is more to it than just flight tracking indeed have you tried flying with a joystick on your ipad yet the autonav feature in connect is pretty sweet too i must admit so what's coming next for live flight you have to wait and see but let's just say flying on infinite flight will never be the same again. Go and check out what we have out now though. You easily spend countless hours tracking flights in infinite flight live whilst doing some proper joystick flying. Thanks Cam. In the meantime everyone, head over to liveflightapp.com for your next flight. Now back to the podcast. Okay, thanks for giving us a little sneak peek on all that stuff guys. Why don't we just go straight into some questions on Facebook if you guys are okay with that. Mm -hmm. We had um, tons. So... Obviously, I can't do them all, um, but what we'll do maybe is if uh, if it's okay with you guys, I might ask you a few more just by email or on Slack and uh, get a few answers from you when you have some time, and then we'll we'll maybe post, post a blog entry with some more uh, Q&A. Um, so first things first, uh, I was going to include a question about joystick use, uh, but Killian asked a great one that kind of covers that, so I'll just let him ask it. Um, the question is, with the continuing growth of Infinite Flight on the mobile platform uh, and the possibility of a PC or console version being developed along with support for joysticks, etc., has any consideration been given to hiring more developers um, to become a stronger competitor in the PC console uh, platforms? Well, developers are really expensive resources, <laughs> especially in California. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely something that we we I think we're reaching the the limit of our of our capacity, like as as like the three developers that we are right now, uh, uh, with everything that still needs to be done to be a to be a good competitor in the in the PC market. Um, but yeah, th this is obviously we're. We're discussing it all the time. Um, it's 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 probably gonna. I would I would say that this year uh, probably we're gonna we're gonna have somebody uh, help somebody else on board to to help us out, like uh, especially when when we start um, pushing on PC. Okay. If um, not, like two or we'll we'll see how it goes. Like if everybody buys it, then yes. Okay. Awesome. So can I assume that uh, some PC work is being developed now? Then. Uh, well, I mean, you're with. We've never really. I mean, every, everything points at it, like joystick support, and um, also a lot of pictures that that uh, Matt has been taking. 
posting on Instagram shows like I mean the if you put the pieces together I mean we're, we're definitely this is this is something that we're looking at yes okay so David is wondering how do you guys create regions and uh, what software do you use to develop them uh, so I'll, should I yeah you want to take this uh, Matt? I'll take this one uh, so I mean, it's, it's something we're in the process of, of redesigning uh, for future uh, endeavors. Uh, but the way we've done sceneries uh, in the past and, and up until like, I still we're doing, still doing that now, is uh, we use multiple sources. It's, uh, it's an in-house tool uh, that compacts all the data and that gets it from multiple sources. Uh, so we have OpenStreetMap, we have the uh, the team that uh, Cameron's been building, uh, where they uh, they work in all the airports, uh, so we get all their data, uh, compile that, uh, clean it up, and put it in the in the file as well. Uh, for the elevations, we use um, uh, a publicly available uh, elevation data source, which is uh, SRTM. It's uh, it's the space shuttle uh, mission that these guys just scan the planet. It's an old it's an older uh, data set. It, it has some issues, and you guys have seen that, you know, where the water goes up and stuff like that. So we try to fix all those issues, but there's still some some little pieces that are hard to fix. Um, so that's this is pretty much how we do it because we yeah for the cities and the water we use uh, uh, data sets that come from I think it's part of OpenStreetMap and uh, yeah it's it's just a matter of processing all this data and it's not as easy as when people think, you know, it's uh, just press on a button. Sometimes it's, yeah, we press on a button and the scenery is generated, but there's there's instances I've spent a lot of time cleaning up the data from OpenStreetMap. Um, <clears throat> even though there's a there's a standard uh, with, you know, the, how the, the water bodies, for example, is supposed to be uh, inserted into OpenStreetMap, there's always one guy that's gonna do it a different way and it messes up the entire, like, uh, for example, in um, in uh, Hawaii, I spent a lot of time making this one work because the all the area around uh, that uh, uh, you know the, the the airport that's in the center, the closed airport that's in the center of that bay, uh, it was all messed up, um, and I couldn't really do a special case for this because I, I hate to do special cases. Uh, so there was a lot of um, testing and error and uh, you know trial and error to make things work so it takes a lot of time especially if with with this huge amount of data sets because this if you download a region like a region like um, Hawaii and OpenStreetMap this is like gigs of data uh, and to parse this data it takes a lot of time so yeah it's all in-house tools for now yeah there's no I mean the, the thing to to understand with with regions and and scenery is that there's no clean um, easy ready to use data sets uh, available um, and and this is why it, even on on like for for other flight simulators on, on PC like it, it costs a lot of money and people are making a lot of money selling those in those packs because it's it requires buying uh, imagery and to to recreate like realistic uh, environments and buying also I mean or, or buying uh, uh, data sets that have already been cleaned up um, that comes from many different sources and that's that's a that's a huge um, that's a huge struggle for, for anybody who's trying to to uh, make a, a realistic uh, environment. Okay. We're, everybody's always asking about 3D buildings. Um, is there ever a, a, a... I'm not really in that camp, but 
uh, as you guys already know, but is there any possibility of 3D buildings or 3D terrain or anything? I mean, I know we have mountains and things like that, but I'm talking, you know, trees, bridges, things like that. Uh, the, I mean, the buildings is definitely something. I mean, we know people want it. Uh, we know it's it's important. I mean, that's we we're talking about it with with Matt. Just just uh, I mean, every time we talk about it, uh, we've we've definitely um, uh, did some work already. I mean, we actually did some work a long time ago, but uh, there, there's some there was some limitation back then, and there's there's still some limitation now uh, if we want to do it right. Because yes, I mean, we can we can definitely have. Um, put some buildings in each airport, but how do you put buildings in all airport quickly? Uh, we could also, f another way to look at it is trying to make one airport really look nice, but then how much time, I mean, every time we need to spend a lot of time on each airport and there's a lot of airport out there, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a matter of, of trying to, um, trying to find the, the you know, the, the right way to, to do this. Uh, it's definitely on our radar. I mean, we did, we did a lot of work already to, um, and inquiries to to see how we could um, add some buildings in there. Uh, we're we want we want it as much as everybody else. Um, we have other we we have along with buildings. There's other big things that we want to work on. Um, so that's pretty much it. Okay. So Alexei always has some really interesting questions. I'll just ask one of them here. Um, he's saying, and I'm just gonna. It's kind of long, so I'm just gonna read it. How difficult is it to combine various frameworks and libraries with Infinite Flight, since the app itself is written in C uh, sharp? Sharp, right? Is <laughs> written in C sharp, and uh, he says, say iOS uh, libraries in Objective C or Swift. Has this caused any significant roadblocks during the time you worked on Infinite Flight? Um, I, I think I think Matt and I we agree on this. Is like uh, C sharp was probably the best um, the best decision we made early on. I mean, we were both. Uh, pretty proficient in, in C-sharp uh, from the beginning because we were both uh, Windows developers and we were working a lot with uh, with the win Windows building tools and all that um, uh, before working on Infinite Flight. Um, so C-sharp is a language that's very similar to uh, C++, uh, but it's a language that was created by uh, Microsoft in response to Java. So if you've done, if you've done Java in the past, you look at C-sharp, everything is very similar. The advantage that C-sharp has I think over C++ is like there's a lot of things that are already done for you, like a lot of library that you can use uh, that you don't have to recode. Um, also, the environment is really pleasant to use. Um, the thing is, since it was it's a it's a Microsoft product, like we we're using we're using a compiler uh, that's sold by it's a company that uh, created a, a compiler that takes C sharp and transform it to uh, Objective C. Uh, so you can run it on your on your iPhone, and same thing it does the same thing for Android, where it it, it compiles it to uh, I think it compiles it to Java actually. So it runs on Android, um, and it's um, and the, this framework that we use actually does all the glue with existing iOS libraries. Um, so it's it's fairly easy. I mean, it, it comes with its that's the problem. Anything any any you want to use a, a third party to do something, uh, it comes with its own bugs and issues. So it has its own bugs and issues every time they have a new version, like we to to add support for iOS nine libraries, for example. Um, we have issues to deal with, um, and that's that's something that that's sometimes very annoying. But overall, it's been a it's, it's been very uh, very helpful helpful for us to be able to just 
code in one language and, uh, and uh, um, make it work on both iOS and Android with very, very limited code change between the two. And, okay. you know, PC. Um, Arnold had an awesome question, um, and I, I hadn't actually thought about this, but um, for the Q400 on the Dash 8, will you be able to feather the props? Quick answer is no. We're okay. gonna we're gonna keep it simple for now. Okay. And prop feathering would help in um, oh engine reducing out. drag and yeah engine out situation. But since we don't have engine out situations, uh, I don't think it's it's uh, plus you know when we have this we have to animate the prop and there's there's a bunch of like there was I answered the question this morning where people were saying like can we have can we turn off the engine. And that just, you know, turning off the engine isn't as simple as just, oh, yeah, you just turn off the engine. Because then you have to think about the sound. If you have the sound to turn off, you have the sound to turn on again. Uh, and then you have to model the props that are turned off. So we, we have these models now for future, you know, proofing. But, you know, you have to blend them together when the engine's turning off. It also means that you have to send this information over to the network so that other people can see that you're starting up. So there's a bunch of things that are involved in turning off an engine. Not to mention that, the sounds, uh, right? Yeah, the sounds, all the events for the sounds, uh, the UI, because now you need a UI to shut, shut it down and start it up. Um, so it's it's not as trivial as people think. I mean, we're going to have this eventually, of course. It's all like, you know, we're, we're in this for the long run, which is why, you know, we're, I mean, we've proven with our track record that we're we're not here to just do a, a quick like Farmville type of game and move on to something else. Well, and I think that was especially um, notable during the release of the A320 um, series. So, um, okay. So Tom is asking if there will be any Canadian libraries for the Dash 8. Um, there's been some speculation around that. Obviously on the community forum, there's huge, huge threads anytime a new airplane's coming out about which libraries will be coming out. Can you confirm any beyond the ones that you've already shared on Instagram? There's not going to be any Canadian liveries. I'm kidding. No. What? <laughs> no, That's okay. You know what? I wouldn't be upset because I, we have lots already. <laughs> but, no, there's, uh, I think it's Air Canada Express, I think, or Canada something. There's Express. Air Canada Express and Jazz that fly, I think, that yeah. fly Dash 8s. Yep. Uh, so we have this one, I think WestJet is Canadian, right? Yeah, but do they have, do they have, uh, oh, you might be thinking of... Encore, um, WestJet Encore or something. Oh, uh... Well, um, Porter flies out of uh, Toronto Island, uh, um, out of Billy Bishop, but uh, I didn't know that WestJet actually flew the yeah, Dash 8, have, but maybe they do. Yeah, okay. they've, uh, yeah, they have it on the website, WestJet okay. Encore. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, Jarno is pretty knowledgeable about this stuff. Sometimes I ask him, like, can we have this one? No, it's not on a 400. Okay. Well, good, good, okay. <laughs> well, he knows more than I do, that's yeah. for sure. Like, no, they sold it, like, 10 years ago. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, and actually, Mark showed me a picture of a Dash 8. Uh, it, I'm assuming it wasn't the Q400, but uh, of a Dash 8 in the Northwest Library. So maybe they never built it, but they they definitely... Yeah. I uh, found the source of that picture. He tried to make me, you know, ask Jono. But <laughs> <laughs> it was actually on a forum. Someone said like, oh, let's, you know, what would it look like on a Q400? So some guy actually made delivery in a Q400, but they never had one. Sneaky. Nice try. Nice try, Mark. Um, okay, so we've got some Canadian libraries coming up. Um, kind of going going along with that, I'll, I'll skip down to Robert's question. Do you guys have any plans for a Canadian region? 
It's a Canadian podcast, guys, so I'm just going to stay on this train. I like I like this line of question. I'll let Philippe answer this one. Uh, Answer better be yes. (laughs) Well, the 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 regions there have been a lot of um, a lot of people who wants like more regions and uh, bigger regions and flight between regions. we might add uh, some regions, but we rather focus on improving our overall scenery um, right now because this is this is obviously. I mean, we spent a lot of time uh, trying to make the the aircraft like really nice, and we spent a lot of time on live, and and definitely like the the scenery needs like a lot of love right now, um, and we you know we're trying to do all of it uh, together. Um, so I think we're more fo- focused on the general scenery improvements. Um, but it doesn't doesn't if if those t- t- take too long, then we might release like new regions in the meantime. Uh, but we definitely, um, yeah, we're, our focus is more on on general improvement of. of okay, the well, let let me ask you then. You're being a little vague. Can you can you expand on what you just said about regions? What 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 uh, or scenery rather? What do you what might you be talking about there? Uh, what people have been asking, like bigger regions, uh, being able to fly uh, maybe between regions, uh, stuff like that. But it's it's a little bit too early to like you know to talk about this at this point. Um, it's obviously see, like a yeah. lot of work. What we can say is our eyes have seen things that are really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what a useless comment! <laughs> I can't do anything with that. Uh, you, can you imagine the promo for this episode? I'm, we're going to allude to some things that your eyes have never seen before in IF, but we're not actually going to say what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what it is. You know, if we say, you know, this is going to happen, like, and then we don't deliver it on time or exactly what it was supposed to be, then we're going to get blasted. In the we're, we're, I mean, there's there's no no secret here. I mean, we've been working to improve our our scenery. Um, offering like for for a while every single release like in the past like year has, has seen like has in the background like some some uh, improvements to facilitate um facilitate like you know longer like bigger regions and stuff like that so um this is this is something that will you know we're waiting on 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 um making better um advancement into our our work so before we can share anything there um you know, as soon as we know, like where we, where we going, we'll we'll tell you. Okay, fair enough. Um, Matt, you've you've not been very subtle with your Instagram account, though. I mean, we know we know from at least one Instagram shot that you have some interregion stuff happening. No. Uh, well, if that's <laughs> if you're referring to uh, a post from like 2013, uh, that was not actually an Instagram. I think it was on. My Twitter at the time. No, this was, was uh, this was recent with your um, uh, the UI. Was, yeah, it was the UI. The UI but it, yeah. it was it was oh. it was speculation from the comments. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's not. It's just like that map is just to show, um, you know, what the activity I mean, is do, around the, the world. Ah, yeah. uh, we do we do have okay. regions we do have regions around the world. So the best the best the easiest way to present that information is is a map. Yes, you cannot fly all over the map, you know, yet, but it's... And, it's, and you know. when that happens, you, you're going to see me flying, you know, away from the regions on life flights. Ah, so. yes, okay. 
Listen, boring. guys, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a fun episode if I didn't give you a hard time. A, a, at least a little. <laughs> bit. No, that's fair. That's fair. You know, you're you're doing your job. <laughs> um, okay, so um, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this name properly, but I think it's Jera. Um, is wondering if there are any other games you ever wanted to design. So you guys have been focusing a lot on Infinite Flight. Obviously, this is your bread and butter. Um, but has there have there ever been any other uh, kind of you know obviously with entrepreneurs and developers there's always the wheels are always turning so um, anything else kind of uh, on your sites either in the past or or for the future no <laughs> I mean no. for now we're, we're fully we're fully dedicated to Infinite Flight the thing is as you can see we've been expanding I mean trying trying new things like uh, live like something that nobody no other similar. Um, does especially on mobile, um, and we're, we're we're experimenting with. This is how we we try new things. Uh, is trying to explore uh, around Infinite Flight, and I mean a, a flight simulator takes you know years and years, if not decades, to become good. Uh, and and this is uh, we're we're in there as as Matt was saying earlier. We're in there for the long run. We've been there. We've been there for what five five years now, almost. Yeah. Um, since 2011 on, on when we first started on Windows Phone. Um, if you can remember an app that was available five years ago on the App Store and is still alive today, um, I challenge you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, you know, that's, we're definitely, uh, we're definitely trying to, to, to give all to, to Infinite Flight and, you know, as long as it works, as long as we have a, an awesome community and a great podcast host and all that, so... There's no reason for us to to um, to spend time on any other project at this point. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, we you know I've been I've been trying and trying to to get info out of you this time, um, but in terms of like uh, for 2017, where are we a year from now? Where, where again, everybody wants to know where do you see yourselves in a year or down the in the future? Um, where do you see yourself next year for Infinite Flight? Um, Matt, I mean, <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's like end of 2017, ideally, this is like, uh, you know, a super long roadmap. We have, oh, yeah, cross we have cross region flights and we have animated cockpits. This is like two years from now. Okay. We have animated cockpits. We have PC version. We have buildings. We have everything. Um, infinite flight comes with your own plane. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I can design my own library, right? I think that's what I hear you saying. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I mean, if if, if we come to PC, there's something that people are going to hack, and we're probably going to provide a way to add new liveries. But in the, you know, it's it's something that um, it's people know. Except, you know, if if you if you want to know what feature we're going to implement, just look at reality. Uh, you know, subtract what we're now, and this is what the features are going to be. You know, it's it's uh, we're gonna do everything that's that's humanly possible. It just takes a lot of time, and we don't want to rush things, um, rush a feature that you know it's implemented you know badly, and then a year down the line you're like, oh, f now it's all, you know, if we have to redo this from scratch or we did this, like for example, if I, you know, adding new things, for example, now uh, based on regions, if we know that you know. A year and a half from now, regions are going to be gone. Then it's it's a problem because uh, you're going to have to redo all that piece of code. So you might as well just think ahead and either not do the feature or do the feature with the thought that that things are going to change. So it's easy for you to change it later. 
So, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're going to add things. We're, we're again, we're here for the long run. So awesome. You, you can expect us even in 2025. Hopefully. Well, you can, you can expect a lot of us, um, if not most of us to be here along with you guys. Um, so what else, you guys have anything else before I let you go today? Um, I'm good. No, I mean, thank you. Thank you you for, for, for doing this, uh, this flight cast. I mean, you're already at episode 14. It's, it's really cool. I mean, we're, we're definitely uh, listening to each one of them and, uh, it's great to see, to see people in the community. I mean, there's you, I mean, uh, Cameron with his life flight and, and tons of, I mean, all the people, uh, IFFG and, and the, um, IFWP and all the different, um, little groups. Um, this is the best way to, to motivate us and to make, you know, to make us work harder and hopefully faster, uh, towards what everybody wants. I mean, everything that you want, we've been, we we do our best to work on it um, and to, to give you the best that, that you guys deserve. Awesome. Well, guys, both of you put it on your calendar for uh, September. We're going to try and make a, a live flight cast episode happen. So cool. we're coming That's to good. you, San Diego. Yeah. All right. Nope, not San Diego. We're coming to you in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <Close> <laughs> awesome. Okay, That's guys, good. once again, it's been a huge pleasure. Thanks again for chatting with me today. Thank you. Glad to be here. That was Matt Lebon and Philippe Roland, Infinite Flight developers from Flying Development Studio. Both guys joined me on Skype from San Francisco, California. Keep listening to Flightcast to find out when our developer series will continue. Thanks as always for listening. If you haven't already, head over to the App Store or Google Play for Android and download Infinite Flight. For more Flightcast, visit flightcast.audio and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash flightcastaudio and on Twitter at flightcastaudio. If you have any ideas for the podcast, please leave them in the comments. Flightcast is brought to you by Linkhouse Media on the web at linkhousemedia.com. And guys, podcasting takes time and money, so if you have a few extra bucks, we would love it if you would consider donating to help keep us going strong. To donate, visit flightcast.audio and click the yellow PayPal button in the sidebar. To cover the fine print, Flightcast is not affiliated with Infinite Flight or Flying Development Studio. I'm Jason Rosewell. Thanks for listening and happy landings.